He is moving today, and he is asking us to respond to his presence. And so one of the things that I find fascinating is, is that for many of us, this is not our first time in this building, right? We are in this building because faith means something to us. We recognize that it's valuable, but we keep on coming back. Why? Because of relationships, but also we recognize that we are in constant need of Almighty God. Amen? We constantly need God to work and move in our life. So no matter how familiar faith might be to you today, please allow this to be a point where you can be challenged and ta be taken to the next level because God is never satisfied with you remaining where you are. God meets you where you are, but he calls you to the next level. And so today, for some of you, you are going to be called to that next level in faith and allow God to work and to move in a way that only he can. How many of you are ready for that today? He, I'm ready. I'm ready. Today, we are going to be taking a look of a, at a man by the name of Abraham. How many of you have heard of Abraham? He's a relatively well-known figure. For those of you who don't know, you can find him in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament, and he's alluded to throughout various other parts of the Bible. Why? Because he's called Father Abraham, who had many sons. <laughs> many sons of Father Abraham. I, I'm not going to do that. But it's, he, he, he's a pretty well-known figure in the Bible, and he was no stranger to faith. But even though he was a member uh, of God's family, he was a person of faith, he also had other aspects of his life where he routinely made the wrong decision. And so how many of you are thankful that our being blessed by God Almighty and our salvation is not determined by our actions, by our abilities, by who we are connected to on this earth, it is solely connected to us being connected with Jesus Christ. Because of our trust and faith in him, he allows us to go to that next level. And because of that, we have security today in Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 10. Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 10. Now, Abraham was a man of, a person of, of means. He had uh, resources. He had livestock. He had people that he employed. And so he, when he moved into an area, people noticed. It was hard for people not to notice. Imagine going into town, into Syracuse, and you see this whole entourage of people, and there's cows, and there's sheep, and there's livestock, and then there's other people that are going along with you. It's hard not to notice that, right? And so that's what we have when we see Abraham. When he moved into an area, people noticed. And so God called Abraham from Haran down to the nation of Israel. And then when he got to Israel, there was a famine in the land. So he moved to Egypt to get some food, right? And so when he moved to Egypt, he was afraid, he was concerned because how many of you have been a tourist in a, in a place that is uh, outside of this country? It's 
there's some things to look out for, right? Why? Because tourists can be, uh, can be taken advantage of. They can be mistreated if you are not careful. And so Abraham had this same fear of being mistreated. And so he decided that he was going to come up with a plan. And we can read about that plan at Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land, and, Abraham, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. And as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will, see, they will say, this is his wife, and then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. You got to, you never can go wrong with camels. So here, here we see that Abram was a man of faith, but he also was a man that was prone to fear. Abram was a man that was prone to fear. And how many of you recognize that everything is great when, uh, when there's sunshine, when it's not raining like a monsoon outside, there's blessings all around? It's one thing to have faith in those moments, but it's another thing to have faith when there is risk, when there is fear. And we find that Abraham was a person who had fear in his life, and it was a pretty legitimate fear. He was afraid that he was going to die. Why? Because whenever uh, somebody of power seeds, uh, saw something, seed, what was that? Uh, I, I, you know, I speak English from time to time. And I know that that wasn't right. Uh, anyways, when, um, when people back in that day, when they were powerful and they saw uh, something that they wanted, they would just take it. We saw that with Nebuchadnezzar last week, right? He abducted Daniel and his three friends. Why? Because he saw that they were valuable. And so with, with, when it came to uh, women, uh, men would come along and they would decide, I would like to get to know this woman a little bit better. Oh, she's married. I'm just going to kill the husband because I don't want the husband to come back and take the woman back. Does that make sense? That actually occurs, uh, has occurred many times throughout history, and Abraham knew that. And so in Abraham's mind, could you just pretend, honey, that you're my sister? And when somebody inevitably takes you to be your wife, I'm going to be okay with it, and then I get to live. Isn't that a good deal when you get to live? And so he decided that he was going to make sure that his wife was going to be taken by another individual. He was going to pretend to be okay with it. He gets to live, and oh, by the way, I got a whole bunch of free stuff in the process. And so that is a pretty horrible, horrible thing. Can anyone agree with that? And the reason why he did that was because of fear. 
For some of you today, you might be encountering fear on some level, one way or another. It may not be this extreme, but you still have fear. And for whatever reason, it is holding you back and taking those next steps and what God is calling you to do. It might not be as extreme as, oh, I might lose my life, but you might have this fear of, you know what, I'm lonely and I never, it's never going to change. And so you end up lusting after something else on a screen instead of trusting in God Almighty that he will work and move in your life. Some of you are allowing fear to hold you back from sharing your faith with other people. Why? Because you're afraid of what their response is going to be. Some of you are worried about bills and things like that. And so you are allowing fear to make unethical choices because you want to protect yourself and stand in financial security. Today, God is calling you today, stop living in fear and just trust me today. Just trust me because I have a plan to prosper you. I have a plan to bless you. And all you have to do is trust me and not live in fear anymore. And so today, let's rise together as a group and say we will not be held back by fear anymore, but we will live in faith. Why? Because the king of the universe has our back, lives on the inside of us, and is empowering us to go from here. Amen? Praise God that we can live in faith and not fear. Abraham was a man that lived in faith, and he also was a man that was prone to fear, but he was also a man that was prone to failure. He was prone to failure. Now, before we uh, take a look at these examples of Abraham's failure, we should note something. He was already a man that was living in faith. He was already a man that God said, I want you to move from where you are and move to the land that I'm about to show you, and I want you to live there instead. That's, pretty a, that's a pretty significant deal because he already knew the land where he was. He was settled there. It was familiar to him. This was a comforting thing. And God was calling him out of his familiarity, out of his comfort, to go to a place where he had to rely strictly on God and his provision. And so this was a pretty big deal, but he was already living it out. And he has already seen God work in a miraculous way, as well as the everyday aspects of life. If there was anybody who couldn't have a, lap, a lapse in judgment or wouldn't have a lapse in judgment, it would have been Abraham. But here we see Abraham having a lapse of judgment, and at the end of the day, he ended up failing in his relationship with God. But praise God, God's faithfulness continues to be shown despite our own failures. We find this picking up at Genesis chapter 15, starting with verse 4. Genesis 15, starting with verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, 
so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And so here's the thing. Abraham had all of this wealth, right? He had livestock. He had people who he employed. He had all of these resources, but he didn't have an heir to drop it, to give it to. He didn't have a son. And it was something that concerned him. And so the God of the universe looked down at this very specific instance and said, I am going to bless you. I am going to prosper you. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. All you have to do is trust me. And you know what? Abraham believed. Abraham believed. He walked in faith. And because he responded this way, the Bible says he was credited as righteous credited as righteous. Notice that it didn't say that he earned God's favor. Notice that it didn't say that he worked and did all of these things. He prayed so many hours and then God looked down and said, you've been working hard. You deserve this. No, it was credited as righteous. Today, your standing before God Almighty has nothing to do with your ability or your works. It is solely dependent on God's grace that he has shown you even when you didn't deserve it. And because of that, we could stand in faith today. And that's why we could stand in the presence of God. That's why we could sing here on a Sunday morning and be blessed. That's why we can go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Because the God of the universe declares us to be righteous and chooses to bless us because we trust in him and not our own works. This story continues in Genesis 16, verses 1 through 4. Genesis 16, verses 1 through 4. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. And so she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Now think about this for a moment. How many of you have been a little bit, uh, have questioned God when it came to his timing? Question God when it came to his timing. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I thought, my goodness, I am done with this. God, please just move on from here because I am done. You get so sick and tired of, what, of living life the way it is, and you just want it to change, and there's nothing that you can do to change it. And so you pray, God, please work, please move, please deliver. And for whatever reason, you still find yourself struggling. You still find yourself moving and having this obstacle in front of you. And today, I want to remind you that God has not abandoned you. God has not moved on from you. He still remembers you. He calls you by name. All you have to do is trust him today. Trust him today. 
oftentimes our troubles don't come because we believed in the lie of the enemy, but we believed in the lie of someone who was close to us. Amen? And sometimes it's not even an outright direct opposition. It is a twisting of some particular truth, and you end up going down a road that you never intended to go on. And so we find Sarai making this, uh, making this uh, plan in her head. Why? Because she looked at the circumstances around her and said, this isn't lining up. I need to come up with my own plan, and I'm going to ask God to bless it. How many of you try? that before. You said, okay, I'm going to come up with a plan, and okay, God, after I've worked everything out, now blessing. And then you walk away, and you think, yes, I am a man of faith right there. And that really, that isn't how it works, is it? God does not share glory. God will often put you in a position where he will work and move, but it's going to require you to trust him and trust him completely to get it accomplished so that he can have his name be made great so that other, other people can come to know him for who he really is. So today... I want to challenge you that you can put all of your faith and trust in your own abilities and your own plans today, but unless you're trusting in God Almighty, it's not going to amount to anything of eternal value. Today, you may have found yourself in a position of failure where you decided, I'm not going to trust in God anymore, and it has caused all sorts of consequences and circumstances to pop up. I don't know if if you uh, are familiar with the Bible, but the fact that Ishmael now exists, that has created all sorts of problems, not only for the people in the Bible, but it continues to have this problem to this very day. It has had astronomical consequences because somebody trusted in their own plan instead of God Almighty. But you know what? Even with that colossal of a failure, God still moved. And God still went to Abraham and to show him his blessing. We're going to continue on with Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. Genesis chapter 15, or chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. Goodness. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to, said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and, will call, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Check this out. Abraham was in the midst of failure. 
he was called to believe in this one thing, and then at some point he believed in a lie. At some point he failed. But guess what? The God of the universe continued to reach out to him anyways. And the God of the universe continued to say, this is my promise, and I'm not done with you. And so I want to share my promise with you. I want to share my life with you. Again, stop living in your fear. Stop living in your failure and start walking in faith once again. God is calling us today to trust him once again. How many of you are glad that despite our moments of fear and failure, we are not, we are not defined that way? That's not our identity. We see that in Genesis chapter 17 where he said, you are no longer going to call her Sarai, you are going to call her Sarah. You see, our identity is no longer attached to our past. Our identity is no longer attached to our failure and it's no longer attached to our fear. Instead, it is attached to the one that we put our faith in and that is Jesus Christ. That is why we sing songs like speaking the name of Jesus because there is no other name under heaven and earth that can be saved except for Jesus Christ. That is our hope. That is our deliverer. That is our savior, Jesus Christ. And so us Walking in faith, we are now connected to Jesus Christ, and our identity rests in that and that alone. Abraham was a man who walked in fear, he walked in failure, but he was also a man of faith. And we read about that when Paul wrote about him in the book of Romans chapter 4. So take a look at with me at Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this manner? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous, righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who, ju who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Praise God for that, amen? Praise God for that. I love how those first three verses play out. And it plays out like this. Okay, you want to be justified by your works? Oh, you, you want to have your works mean something? Okay, you're going to have plenty of things to boast about, but when you come before God Almighty, guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so you can be justified by your works, but when it comes to an eternity, when it comes to being before a perfect and holy God, there's nothing that you can accomplish that will justify being in his presence. 
And so that is why it is important for us to have a life of faith, to have a life where you're trusting in Jesus Christ and his work and his accomplishments, and then you can stand before the presence of God and you can lift up praises to him and you can, and you can come to him with your concerns and he can kiss your boo-boos and do all of the things that only almighty God can do. Why? Because God loves you and has a plan for you and if you simply trust him, your identity will no longer be in who you were as a sinner. It will be in who you are as a person of God, as one of his kids. Praise God for that. Praise God. Can I have the worship team come on forward? We are no different than Abraham. No different than Abraham. And that should be a, uh, that should be a humbling thing. That should be a thing where we uh, take notice of who we are. But it should also be an encouraging thing. Because if God can have mercy on Abraham, he can have mercy on you. He can have mercy on all of us because this life that we have before God Almighty is based on trusting in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And the Bible says that even while we were sinning, Christ came and died for us. That means that when he was on the cross, he was thinking about you specifically, and he was thinking about your rebellion, and he had the very same thoughts that he had that the crowd around him on the cross had in terms of their accusations and mocking. He said, forgive them. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing.